is that really all about you just check the just check the the scene and, and see who's going to be who um, i don't talk much but when i do i feel like um it's worth listening to so and i think that's um where a good leader can can really uh, flourish when he's able to do the things on the court but at the same time not over talk when it's when it's needed it's uh comes at the right time that was torian prince i'm marnie gellner and this is wolves plus presented by aura McLaughlin for towns and one for cat with an exclamation Russell point. shows off the handle and the shot anthony edwards anthony edwards what about he got his feelings hurt on this oh, one to coast for Obi-Wan Okogi. All right, Torian, so when I started kind of researching for our show, mm -hmm. I was reading, you know, your Wikipedia page, your basketball reference page, and it kept saying, full name is Torian Waller Prince, like Waller hyphen Prince. Yes, ma'am. I've never heard the Waller part. What is it? mom and dad or where, where does that come from yeah it's both my parents last name put together my okay. mom's side is waller my dad's side is prince so i had that on my college jersey and then when i got to nba i just decided to go with just prince <clears throat> okay i'd also read um i had also read that as a kid you sold newspaper subscriptions is yeah. that accurate yes yeah, so, so not newspapers uh, subscriptions uh, subscriptions yeah so i would um it'd be me and two or three other kids and um, the guy who was driving our, our boss who would drive us around and drop us off at certain streets and we'd go door to door trying to get people to subscribe to newspapers and I was like 11, 12 years old Oof. so just I've been trying to communicate and, and, and trying to persuade people for a long time and I think that's kind of helped my language barrier as I've gotten older. Did you have a sales pitch? Um, yeah, I forgot the exact, like, I used to say the same thing every single time. Um, I forgot exactly what it was, but yeah, I had a script and um, sure. I would just say it and then obviously depending on who the person was or the vibe I was getting, it, it depending on how I could take it or where I could take it to get them to subscribe. That's a lot for an 11 year old. Yeah, it was, it was cool though. It was, it was cool. I was a 11 year, not, not the normal life an 11 year old would make but it was just me and my father so i had nothing yeah. else to do you had said um it helped with your language barrier yeah what did you mean i mean but like i mean i my my language i wasn't able to speak well growing up um i probably said that wrong right language barrier but I, my speech in no, I could talk. <laughs> like, you didn't but, speak a different language. No, though. I just, you just meant, yeah, you're right. Like I, speaking to adults. Like just speaking in general, okay. just being able to communicate at a high level, I think um, those experiences have, have definitely helped me. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, you had written an essay in the Players' Tribune four years ago. It's incredible by the way, thank and I'm you. sure you've heard that. I'm sure you've gotten feedback on that, but it's really incredible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so is your journey. And I know you've talked about this a lot. I did not know the details of this, of you being 12 years old and mm -hmm. living with your dad in Texas, in San Angelo, and getting an eviction notice, mm -hmm. and becoming homeless, and spending a full month homeless. And the details of this are that you went to the Salvation Army, you and your dad had this one room with like 
two beds and no furniture. Mm -hmm. And that is how you lived. When you think back on that, and if I just say this room and the two beds, do you picture it immediately? Do you, does it make you get a pit in your stomach? What is that month to you? No, um, I see those as good times, really. Um, Times that made me realize uh, what life is really about. Um, It's allowed me to appreciate life in a different way. Um, I've accepted the reality of life that there's going to be a time where you're just not, there's going to be a time where you get called to the heavens above. So I've kind of like taken that mindset on from a young from a young kid of just taking advantage of opportunities, taking advantage of life, um, and just trying to be the best brother, uh, um, son, and uh, everything to everybody that I could be. You had said that in this article that in the mornings sometimes you would be brushing your teeth next to strangers. You never knew who would be there, but that your dad taught you that you should always treat everybody right because you never know what the person next to you is going through. Yeah, 100%. That's an incredible lesson at 12 to learn while in a homeless shelter. Yeah, I mean, um, going through things like that, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to kind of teach and um, and kind of gain a lot from. Uh, when, everything is all, when everything is right and everything's perfect, you can't really um, capitalize off of lessons. I wouldn't say losses, but lessons that um, life tends to bring people um, that we kind of shy away from. But in the midst of things, you really have to grasp onto it and, and, and take it all to account into your journey. And there were a couple nights, literally I think two, in that month that you spent where the Salvation Army was full and so you and your dad just had to sleep outside. Yeah, it was um, it wasn't like literally slept outside for eight hours, but we had to just stay outside for probably about three to four hours until um, the person who ran the building uh, came and opened the door. Uh, he wouldn't wake up when we were throwing stuff at his window. And um, so we just sat right in the front until, I mean, we had nowhere else to go. So mm-hmm. no, the weather wasn't terrible. It was just the fact that we were outside. Yeah. Still, at 12 years old, that, that is, that's a lot. Yeah. And then you had said that it taught you how strong you and your dad are. Yeah. It, that's, it, that's an incredible lesson it, to take it, out of that. Yeah, it brought us closer. Um, not too long ago, not too long before that happened, my grandmother died of breast cancer, which was his only parent growing up. So... He was going through a lot, and um, I realize it now more than then, exactly like how much he was affected by the loss of his mother, but still able to um, shoot, have me right by his side, and make sure I got to school, make sure I got to basketball practice, and and now I'm even more appreciative of it now than I could ever be, then in the moments. Yeah, for sure, the perspective. So, you moved then as a freshman in high school to San Antonio. And I had read that you made the varsity team as a freshman in high school, but you were ruled ineligible because you were failing Spanish. Yeah. And your comment was no bueno. No bueno. <laughs> I, I couldn't I couldn't pick it up. I was um it was a just a, a, a brain a brain brain stump when it came to yeah. Picking up other words and trying to speak a different language. And I just, it was a point in time where I tried and tried and tried. Went to um, after school tutoring. Um, and, and I feel like I gave my 100% effort because mm-hmm. I wanted to play ball so bad. And um, I just couldn't pick it up. So I just, I just kind of gave up on it and just said, I'll forfeit my freshman year until I get to my sophomore year. So you did play your sophomore, junior years, but 
I mean, you made the team, but you'd said you didn't play a lot because apparently your team was stacked. You had right. a lot of upperclassmen who were very good. So you're now making the team, but not playing a lot and not getting a lot of attention from Division One schools as you're getting up into the upper years of your high school career. Right. How big of a motivator was that just in the fact that you weren't attracting the attention you had hoped to attract? Yeah, well, I mean, to start off, I came back to San Antonio to be closer with my mom. <clears throat> it wasn't necessarily like basketball wasn't on the forefront of my mind. I was just just trying to, like I said, be back with my mom. I had a younger sister at the time who she was um, making sure that I, I helped out. And so it came sophomore year. I mean, I'm still just trying to make the team now for once and mm -hmm. stay on the team and um, actually get to play. And then it, I don't think it was until the summer going into my junior year when my coach told me I would have an opportunity to play college basketball. And that's when I, that's really when it was on my mind when he brought it to me. Um, it was never a goal of mine until okay. somebody told me it was possible. Okay, yeah, it was possible. Um, you ended up going to Baylor, obviously, a pretty significant D1 school, but going into your senior year of high school, you had actually signed with Long <laughs> Island University in Brooklyn but the head coach there took another job, so that officially released you from your scholarship. Then you ended up signing with Baylor. Do you ever think about what your path would have been like had you gone to school at Long Island University in Brooklyn? Um, no, I don't really reflect back on it, but I mean, who, who knows? I mean, I really don't. I've never really sat back and, and thought about it. That wasn't. If it was supposed to happen, then I would I would have went yep. that way. But um, that wasn't my journey, so um, I've never really just sat back and thought, "What if I like?" No, nah, I, I wasn't supposed to go there. I was supposed to go to Baylor. Um, I always felt like I I wanted higher D D one offers as well, but um, they didn't come at the time where I wanted to have some security going to my senior year, and I promised my mom I would graduate wherever I went. So there were other goals in mind more so than just playing basketball that I want to accomplish. At Baylor, you were a four-year letter winner, two-time All-Big 12 Conference. And your best friend at Baylor, um, Isaiah Austin, a teammate, a roommate, uh, his story is pretty unique in that he was diagnosed with something called Marfan syndrome, mm -hmm. a genetic disorder that affects the body's connective tissue. So he had to stop playing basketball. He's a seven-foot-one phenom right. your best friend who no longer can play basketball how did that affect you at the time with i mean his his diagnosis too is something that if he had continued playing basketball this could have killed him right how did that at the time affect you as his best friend oh man it was it was it was pretty tough especially when he broke it down to me um after he found out the news and um eventually asked me to wear his number for him moving forward while I was mm -hmm. there at Baylor, which was a, a big um, honor in itself. But I think it was, I think it affected me in a, in a, in a positive way, if I'm thinking selfishly. Um, it, it forced my drive to go up to a whole nother level. Um, coming to Baylor, I wasn't thinking NBA. I was, like I said, I had other goals in mind to graduate and um, just continue to just play basketball, like and see where it goes. And um, he was really the one person that literally talked NBA every single day. Like really? every single day in class, whether we were chilling, um, in practice, in the locker room. So for me, he holds a lot of weight in my, in my life because 
um, like I said, mindset is where everything in life starts, I feel mm -hmm. like, um, which has caused me to more so believe, especially throughout my college years, that if you talk about it, think about it all the time, um, that it can come true. Um, so I just wanted to carry that carry that mentality on and, and, and take on that that aura that he had on the court. And I think that's, um, that's part of the reason why I'm, I'm such a hard worker today is seeing somebody like that of, of example every day putting in the work. Mm -hmm. You speak it into existence. Yeah, manifestation. Yeah, there you go. And Isaiah's story is so unique that he ended up being honorarily drafted mm -hmm. in the NBA. He now works for the NBA. Yeah. You're not wearing 21, you're wearing 12. Right. And I would assume 12 still in honor of him. Yeah, 100%. 21 flip backwards, yeah. yeah. switched. Okay. You yourself were drafted in 2016, 12th overall pick. Your rights were traded a couple weeks later to the Atlanta Hawks. But I had read that when you were getting ready for the draft, you thought and thought and thought about the handshake with Adam Silver mm -hmm. at the draft. <clears throat> Yeah. Like you went through it in your mind. What would that be like? How would I shake his hand? Why were you fixated on the handshake? Uh, I mean, that's the that's the moment that uh, every kid growing up watching basketballs and basketball players in general, whether it's LeBron or Kobe or all these guys that that we try to um, emulate and that we're inspired by, it starts with that handshake, and um, that's how you at your kind of introduction into the uh, fraternity. And so it's just mm -hmm. something that you always think about. What would you do? How would you do it? And um, I knew I was going to give Adam a hug. So that's what I did. And um, I would do it all over again. Same. That was your plan the whole time going in? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Because I, I read the handshake, and then I'm like, wow, did he just get up there and was like, screw the handshake, yeah. we're hugging here. It was a little handshake at the beginning, but I, I, I eventually made it to the hug. Yeah. <laughs> That's a moment. I mean, that we can Google Torian Prince NBA draft, and that's what we will see. So yeah, you're right. Sure. It's a moment. Yeah, heck it yeah. lives on. There are not a lot of Baylor Bears in the NBA. And in fact, since 2016, when you were drafted, there have only been two others mm -hmm. Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler. So that's a pretty exclusive club. What yeah. does that mean to you to have played basketball at a university that meant so much to you and then? to represent that university in the NBA where there are not a lot of you? Um, it's an honor. Um, it's, a, it's part of why I carry myself the way I do, coming from there. Um, still have a lot of values that have been instilled in me through that program that I carry with myself today. Um, and they'll always mean the, the most to me. Me and Scott Drew still talk till today. Um, congratulated Coach Tang on the new job at Kansas State. So that whole family over there, if they've stayed, stayed connected with me since I've been out of the program, it's been nothing but love for me and my family. Mm -hmm. Well, when your draft rights were traded to the Hawks, uh, you start your career with the Hawks as a rookie. Your second season in the NBA, you not only played all 82, you started all 82. Mm -hmm. And you had just said a few minutes ago when you were <laughs> at Baylor, you were not thinking NBA. You had different goals. Right. But basketball working out for you, and in your second season, here you are in the NBA starting all 82 games. What kind of an accomplishment was that for you? Um, it was huge, really, because um, I was that rookie telling, uh, like DeAndre Bembry, he got drafted with me. I was that rookie telling him and, and all the vets that I'm going to start one day. Like, 
my rookie year, um, which I ended up doing the last 14 games in all that playoff series. So just like it goes back to my, my manifestation line. I, I truly believe that, and that's, that's what I walk with. That's what I saw, what I always preach. Like if you always talk about it, if you always think it, if you always pushing forward towards it, then like eventually it'll happen like it has to. Players on this Timberwolves team mm -hmm. and coaches will talk about you and your leadership in the locker room, on the court, off court, whatever, with this team. But this is your first year with this team. I realize you're a veteran in the <clears> NBA, <throat> mm -hmm. but a lot of times people cannot walk into a new team, new coaches, new facility, new management, new everything, and feel comfortable being a leader. Yet that is what everyone believes you have done. How did you do that? And was it a conscious effort to be able to do that in a new organization? To be honest, I think it's, it's more of my natural state of who I am. Um, being a rookie coming into the NBA, sitting next to Paul Millsap as your locker mate, Kyle Korver, you see Kent Bazemore over there. Um, Al Horford, I had him for a couple of weeks before he went with the Celtics. Um, all these veterans and what they were saying and doing I didn't have to be that guy when I first came to the league, but I was that guy my last two years at Baylor. So as I had to revert back, kind of adapt, and then sophomore year, same, kind of the same thing, but then third year I was one of the oldest guys on the team that had been in the organization for a while. So I just re, just redid what I've already done mm -hmm. before, just bring it back out. So it's really all about you just check the, just check the the scene and, and see who's going to be who. Um, I don't talk much, but when I do, I feel like. Um, it's worth listening to. So, and I think that's um, where a good leader can, can really uh, flourish when he's able to do the things on the court, but at the same time, not over talk. When it's, when it's needed, it uh, comes at the right time. Sounds like you're a natural leader. It comes yeah, I would say so. Yeah. yeah. This is now your sixth season in the NBA. And I had read a quote from your dad in a previous article written somewhere where he said, Making it to the NBA should not be the goal. The goal is to be educated because then you know you have options. We are all so proud of Torian, but it has nothing to do with the NBA. I'm glad he's getting to live his dream out, but basketball is second. That degree from Baylor University is first. Yeah, um, that's coming from a man who's taking basketball away from me um, and showed me the importance of the tutoring sessions and staying on top of my grades and uh, being an example for my younger siblings. And um, like you say, having something that you really love to do, um, that you put a lot of time into, taken away from you, it, it kind of makes you kind of get back on the right track and do what you got to do to get that back. So um, he always made sure that I kept it first. And um, even now, like I tell people all the time, like I don't need the game of basketball. Um, I play it because I love it. I play because it gives me the opportunity to have options to do um, things that most people aren't fortunate to do, um, especially for my kids and, and, and my family I'm building. And that's really who I do it for and what I do it for. And um, educated, being able to speak, have a conversation, and um, just show that you got high high IQ and in, in, in life in general is, is what, I'm, what I'm more so about than anything. And this ties in to exactly what you're talking about. You've said that your parents taught you a lot of things. Being grateful is one of the biggest. Right. And I can hear that in the answer that you just gave, that you truly are grateful 
for what you have, for what this game has given you. How do you either express being grateful, recognize the fact that you are grateful? Like, what does that mean in your life? Um, it means a lot. I think showing gratitude daily should be a part of somebody's regimen. Um, every day I wake up <clears throat> while I'm brushing my teeth, I just tell myself the things I'm grateful for, whether it's the car I'm driving or something that was accomplished last week as a, for, my, for myself or my family, um, something my sister has done well or has accomplished. Like, I'm grateful for all those things because, I mean, like, like it goes back to just being grateful for life in general. Like, one day our, our time is coming. So just trying to maximize everything day to day and as fast as I can but correctly and um, just doing it all to the maximum capacity. So you put this into your daily routine, and by doing it when you're brushing your teeth, it's something you know you're going to do every day. Yeah, and I, I might be riding in the car or doing something fun or doing something where I feel blessed, like, wow, I'm doing this, and just show gratitude there. And um, it's easy to do. It's just people got to just be a little bit more conscious about it. I think it'll make a lot of people's life less stressful. If you think about where you were as a kid, and especially when you were 12, to where you are now, that is a massive gap from spending a month being homeless to being in the NBA with a multiple million dollar contract. And you have earned it. You have worked, you are blessed, you are grateful and all of that. How do you sort of, um, I don't know if rationalize it is the right thing in your mind, <clears throat> but that's a huge leap from there to there. Yeah. Are you that person and that person and somewhere in the middle? Like your life just has such polar opposite ends. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I think we're all who we were um, to a certain extent. It's just all about evolving and, and becoming better at the things that we want to either do in life or the person we want to be. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's still things that remind me of the old me when I was young and um, – even to now, it's just all about just being as sharp as you can with all the things you want to be good at and the things that you're not, continue to work on them. Mm. Okay. Um, if you were not playing basketball, you have said you would be doing something musically. Mm -hmm. Do you mean singing, producing, writing? Like, what is it about music? Um, I, can, I have the ability to write music, um, and I've, like, I've recorded music with me as the artist, um, but I like it, but I'm more so, I mean, I'm in a, it all, honesty, the, the, honestly, there's no boundaries I would put on it. I know how to record myself. Um, I know how to tune up the volume on the vocals. Like I know how to do a lot of it. So it's just a big category for me to say that mm -hmm. I would be one thing. Do you have a little bit of a little home studio or something that yeah, you yeah, can work yeah. in? Yeah, for sure. Not here, but um, in, in, in Dallas, Texas, where I live, I definitely got a nice little setup. Have you ever recorded an actual song, start to finish? <laughs> yeah. It could play. Yeah. Have you released it? No, I don't think, no. I Will think you I release it? I may have like one out on Apple Music. Oh. Uh, T, yeah, look, at, look me up, TP. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But like I haven't your own song, your original song. Yeah. I haven't released like That's awesome. Yeah, but I got hundreds of songs. It's just it's timing with me. Um and right now my I'm having a about to have a newborn and um I just recently had a two year old as well. 
uh, two years ago. He's two now. But so like life is happening for me. So music hasn't been the forefront. And then of course basketball. So mm-hmm. just getting it in where I where I can and and keeping that love for it. And then maybe someday. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. I'm not. It's definitely not something I'm just gonna put away. I definitely think I have a high volume. Um, of talent for that space that I want to maximize before, you know what I'm saying, it's all said and done. So you had mentioned your kids. You have two kids, a third on the way. Your kids are two and four or five? My oldest is five, yeah, my daughter. Okay. Um, This is, I know as someone with kids, it is a life-changing, incredible, different, evolving, all of that. Mm -hmm. What has having kids done for you how has it changed you and changed your life um it's made me a lot more patient um not with them but more myself um i could say i never thought i would be using the same lines my parents used on me i do with them Um, (laughs) oh you're doing that yeah it's get get weirded out sometimes when when you do that but um, it's taught me it's taught me a lot of things about myself that I never would have thought I had to really learn. Like I said, patience, um, a better leader, knowing how to. I mean, obviously, I have a daughter and I have a son, so knowing how to um, handle them in certain situations mm-hmm. and knowing that you probably can't come at my daughter a little different than I have to my son. It just depends, and just learning how to dissect that as as life rolls out, and uh, just trying to teach them right from wrong. Kids in general, cutest things ever. Right. Your kids in particular, cutest things ever. I saw a video on your Instagram of them in a fashion show, mm-hmm. literally on the runway. Yeah, they did that. Are thing. they fashion models? Yes. So we just got into that space, and um, that was their first gig, and I, I feel like they killed it. They were some yes. of the youngest kids there, and um, they didn't cry or anything. They went along with it, yeah. and they were able to walk down the whole entire runway, even with the audition, not the audition, the the practice runs where nobody was on the on the sides of them on the um, yeah, the on the audience. runway. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were able to do it when there were hundreds of people in front of them, it, it made me proud for sure. So just got to keep it going and, and keep trying to take advantage of those opportunities for them. Yeah, there was a little walk, there was a pose, there was a turn. Yeah, all that. The handhold. They worked on it. So um, like I said, I'm proud of them. Proud dad. Proud dad. Yeah, that was cute. Um, I'm going to give you the way we like to finish. The way we like to finish on this show is with five questions. Okay. To get to know your personality a little bit, just kind of random things that have nothing to do with basketball in particular. Perfect. How do you like your coffee? I don't drink coffee. I've never tried coffee. You've never even tried it? Believe it or not, I've never tasted coffee. Do you think it tastes bad? Is that why you've never tried it? Um, no, I, I heard it. I read something on um, the internet, and I told my college coaches this um, back in my college days that coffee makes you uh, like angry, like or, or makes okay. you short tempered or sure. like so. I I'll stay away from that stuff. Okay. Do you have an energy drink or a caffeine drink that no, you like? I mean or you Red stay Bull. Like, okay, I, sure. I, yeah. I drink. I heard those were terrible for you too, though. So it's it's <laughs> like you gotta pick your poison, but um, they taste good. So okay. If I had to choose one, it'd be Red Bull. Fair enough. Would you consider yourself more of a morning person or night owl? Night owl, for sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, ever since I was. 
in high school, I could go. I mean, I'd go to bed at one, two in the morning and pop right back up whenever needed, and then flow throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Might get a nap, might not, but. But if your alarm has moving. to go off at seven a.m. for something, you're like, "This ain't good." No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. Right now, my alarm set at seven thirty every morning. Oh, it is. So yeah, regardless, regardless of what time anybody wakes up or or um, what I did the night before, I, I'm always up at seven thirty. Okay. Okay. If we looked inside your refrigerator right now, what would we find? Um, milk for the kids. Cereal is a big thing. Um, In the fridge, interesting. Yeah, a lot of fruits. Right, we're talking about a fridge, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. A lot you of- said cereal. I didn't. I was thinking like you keep your cereal. No, yeah, we got like four or five cartons of milk. So like for the cereal. Got yeah. It. Okay. Got yeah. it. Got um, it. Fruit. Mm-hmm. A lot of fruit. Um, a lot of eggs. A lot of waters, flow water to be exact. That's it. Uh, like I keep it pretty simple. We have a chef, so it's not like we have to do a lot of cooking ourselves. And it's pretty simple. You, you don't walk in yeah. my fr- you, <laughs> you would not be excited looking in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Milk and eggs. You're really sure. living a life At over all. there. Simple. Which emoji do you find yourself using the most? Uh, Probably the heart emoji. I text my Hearts. girl all the time, so. It's probably mm. the one I use the most. What would you say is the weirdest food combination you like? Where you're eating something and people are always like, ooh, really? Stuffed mushrooms. I mean, I, and, or I mean, mushrooms with anything I think is weird. That's Do you just, eat them? That's, no, I'm not, okay. I don't eat mushrooms Is there anything all. you eat that you like together? Like, I like avocado and peanut butter together, and everybody says that's weird and gross. Wouldn't you agree, though? No, I like it. You could like it, but it's still kind of... It's weird. Okay, okay from okay. afar, it's it's weird. Um, no, honestly, I'm not a big mixer. Like, okay. I'm not a big... French fries and hot sauce. Ooh, like, like ice cream and French fries, yeah. But that's not weird at all. Ice cream. Like dip the... uh, Have you tried it? Can't knock it then. I have sensitive teeth, so I can't can't chew ice cream. Okay. How's that for you? You can't? No. I have to... You don't got it. Yeah, you don't... (laughs) (laughs) You don't got to chew it. (laughs) Ice cream cream dissolves. (laughs) If you dip your fry in the ice cream and you bite your... You you know, now now you're in the chew space. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> well, Torian, thank you very much. Thanks for your time and the insight. Most definitely. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate this. Most definitely. Thank you for listening to Wolves Plus, presented by Aura.